Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. And now for part two of On Board with Blue Star. That brings up an interesting question because you, you, you guys are law enforcement professionals. Even if you're retired, you're still law enforcement professionals. You've been in the job, you know the job. When you're working with a client and you know they're paying you X number of bucks and they're your client, they ask you to do something that might be in a gray area. Maybe their policy says, "Hey, you know this is black and white. And this is okay, but you know, yeah, this is a this is a gray area." You know, what what do you do in those situations? Do they are they no longer a client? Do you work with them on that? Do you you know do you slap them upside the head? You know what is it that you do in those types of situations? You know what? That happens a lot. Yeah. You know, sometimes the asks are are uh, sometimes not the scope of what certain groups of our employees can do. For example, the active guys that are still active working for us can have a tighter scope of work, obviously, than a retired, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, this is this is second, very secondary to them, mm-hmm. right? It, it, first and foremost is their law enforcement job. That's what you know, pays the insurance for their families and this and that, you know, when they're working in our, in our, when, when the active guys are working for us, they have a whole other thing to worry about is if, if a law is broken in front of them, let's say they're working on a post in, in, on television, right? And all of a sudden a guy takes a, a gun out, uh, you know, they see a robbery in progress. They immediately have to switch hats to now off-duty law enforcement officer and take action. So mm-hmm. they have a whole different thing. And that same term, we can't put them in a place to go uh, check IDs at a door or something or really start patting people down because it just gets in too much of a gray area for their off-duty work. Now, the retired guys, it's a different ballgame, right? Because they're retired. Right. They don't have to abide by those same off-duty standards because they're not. They are retired officers. They have all the stuff to carry their weapon and this, that, but they can't just at a, at a, at a whim become a police officer again. You know, right. It doesn't work like that, right? And the other thing is we have unarmed vendors that we work with that we've become, uh, we subcontract a lot of work. So if it's such a scope where either A, our client, we're like, you don't need to pay that much for what you're asking for, mm-hmm. or it's, it's not a very comfort zone for an active or retired law enforcement to do. Again, checking bags, working the door, patting people down, wanding them, uh, checking IDs is a big one. You know, a, a police officer doesn't need that liability that he's checking IDs. It's just not in the scope of something where you're supposed to do off duty. But the unarmed company can do that all day. So we'll bring in vendors. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about finding partners that do what we don't do and do it well so that we can basically, we want to be your one stop shop, right? You come to us and you have a need. The relationships we build with our clients are good enough that we can tell them, listen, we can handle this. Let's bring in these guys to handle this. And then they just trust us to that we'll put the package together for them. That, that not only protects them, but most importantly protects the officers and the company at the end of the day. Interesting. Well, you've, you've given me a great segue to a question that I plan to ask. 
it, which is you know, in these times, there are some folks that are looking to transition. And I would think, you know, maybe I'm ignorant or naive, but I would think that some folks that say, you know, I'm, I'm done with being a police officer. I'll just do security. I'll go work for somebody or I'll start my own security business or whatever. It'll be great. And, and you know, the hunky dory and it'll be, you know, a friggin' paradise, which I'm assuming that it isn't. <laughs> you know, what advice, you know, because we've, we've got listeners all over the country uh what advice would you give anybody that is seriously thinking about doing security work possibly even full-time or their own business other than you know don't compete with blue star security in chicago (laughs) (laughs) no i get it you know we're not afraid of competition as well to put that out there but you know especially as you brought up earlier how law enforcement is truly changing not obviously just in chicago across the country. Many, and I, when I say many, our friends, our family, we know people near and dear to us that are on that fence. It's like, is there anything else outside of law enforcement because others are looking? It's no secret. Chicago as a whole, we're, unfortunately, we're losing a lot of great police officers, sometimes you know, going down to Florida to be law enforcement, just retiring at a much earlier age. You've got people that would probably say that, so we call it 29 in a day. You do 29 years, you do one day, you max out in Chicago. You got people leaving now from anywhere from three years on to 20 years on. And then that's unfortunate. The nice thing about Blue Star Security and that option that we offer is that there is something else. And that's us. Maybe you want to work in a place of worship. Maybe you just want to you know, work a television gig or you want to follow a truck across the country and see different parts of the country. Those are all things that we offer and they're available. I've got guys and girls that want to work four hours a week or 40 hours a week. We have those options as well. We're 24 seven. There's someone right out and we got probably 30, 40 guys at a minimum right now out working different things across this, uh, you know, the Chicagoland area. So the big thing is, and it's something that you don't learn or the police department doesn't train you is that there's more than just law enforcement, more than just being the police. And working security is one of those options. And again, as Anthony brought up, you know, over 600 plus officers that have become part of this, we've got a list of more, a a list of many more that are now at that point where, you know what? Hey, John, hey, Jeff, hey, Anthony, you guys still, is is there something available for me? The answer is always yes. Mm -hmm. We're taking on new contracts almost every day and or every week. And the opportunities are there. So this is just something that that has grown into something, you know, amazing for all of us. And to be able to help 600 plus officers with more than just police and get that opportunity to work security has been uh, rewarding to all of us. Just to, to further on that, I, I think forward. John hit it on the head. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll just, I'm going to go one step further back is we talked about this actually earlier is that when you got on this job, the majority of people came straight from college or military, right? And then mm-hmm. boom, they got their call and on Monday they were there doing the power test and you were starting the academy the next week. Your whole life had to stop in three days and, and you put everything on hold and next thing you know, you were like, I need to rent an apartment so I live in Chicago if I'm a suburban kid or, you know, you had to figure it out. And the next thing, you were off and running in the academy and you were thrown in a district, you were sent out on the detail. And all of a sudden, fast forward 20 years. You know nothing else. That's all yeah. you know. So you don't believe there's a private sector. You, 
And back 20 years ago, there really wasn't. I'll be honest, Chicago was so far behind. You know, we have a, we have a partner we work with in New York. And we used to talk because when we first met him, he'd be like, man, your rates are kind of low. And we were a brand new company. And, but it, the difference was New York had two buildings come crashing down from the, the sky, right? Yeah. Security immediately that day became the number one priority in the United States in New York, right? And everybody else was behind. Chicago now, obviously, we make the news <laughs> every day. Uh, you know, if we don't have 30 shootings on a Saturday, it's a slow Saturday. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden now security in Chicago has become the, the pretty much the, 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 the spotlight is on us nationwide, right? But it's, if it's not in your area, it's coming to your area, right? The, the lack of police, the, 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 the fear of I could lose everything tomorrow if mm-hmm. something that I did five years ago that was okay is no longer okay. What I would just tell everybody that listens to you is that there is so much more out there. There's such, there's there's a need out there. And as John said, there's so many different things. If you're not a person who can stand for 10 hours, doesn't mean you can't do security. There's mm-hmm. so many different things out there and so many different avenues. And I think people just have to be willing to take that leap of faith and, and realize that their history of what they did, whether it be college to the police, military to the police, is going to present them an opportunity that I don't think unless they take that plunge, they'll ever, they'll be amazed of that they could transition into, now is it the hardest part of the transition is the, the camaraderie, losing that locker room feeling or that being on part of a team yeah. feeling. That goes away because you do go to the private. But again, once you get in a company like us, I, 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 I say it, I say it as jokingly, but not is uh, some of our retirees will are going to live an extra 10 years because yeah. they work for our company. And I'm telling you that right now, because my uncle is, is a retired officer has come on with us. He's made friends that he didn't know on the job and, and it, it, it keeps him going. It gets him an excitement. It makes him still part of the team. And, and I, I think whether you want to be an owner, which again, everyone wants to be an owner. We have a ton of friends <laughs> that want to start companies and then and now they're, they work for, and it's worked out great because if we didn't have someone show us how to do it, we probably would have failed too. Because it, 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 it's, but you don't need to be an owner to be part of the team. You can, you can be just as much invested in the company as, as an owner by putting your heart and soul in your, in your thing. Or you could be a retired guy who only wants to work, like John said, mm-hmm. a couple shifts a week. But I'm telling you, it's, 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 it keeps these guys alive. We all grew up on a job where we watched too many guys retire and then die. And then I was at their wake a year later. Or they didn't even make it to that, and that's just a, that's a shame, and it's it's sometimes fear of leaving something to the unknown, and I'm, and and I'm, the unknown isn't so bad. The unknown is there's a lot of opportunity out there, and there's more opportunity there ever has been in the private world. And I'll bring up one thing on that note: what Jeff just said about that's kind of unfortunate, where you have that guy that or girl that maxes out and then only collects their pension. Two things: one thing I learned, and this is this goes back some years from a friend. It's not how much your pension check is, but how many you receive. Uh That's huge. How many checks you actually get. Okay. The second one, there was a study conducted. It might be a little outdated now, but it's still so relevant. So 63 is the maximum age you can go in Chicago. I got in at 23. That'd be 40 years. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Okay. With that being said, is that those that left around the average age of 53 collected a pension for 17 years. Again, 17 years. Those that maxed out at 63 collected for an average of 17 
months. Yeah. If that doesn't tell you right now or right there that it may be time to uh, seek opportunities elsewhere, I don't know what it is. But I don't and, know. I, and I just want to add one thing for, for listeners out there, whether you're in Chicago or anywhere else that you're listening from, you know, if, if you're on that fence, there are opportunities. We are busier than ever. Unfortunately, we're capitalizing and the need for us is higher than ever, right? We're capitalizing on a lot of things that are taking place in this city, but we have more work right now than we've ever had before. Mm. And we're hiring at, at record paces, uh, younger retirees that are, that, you know, are just a little bit burnt out or just a little uncertain about what their future is with the departments. And like Jeff said, you know, if you don't take the chance, um, you're never going to know, but I want people mm. to know that, you know, for local people, we're hiring on a daily basis. We have somebody in the office right now getting hired. So we're, we're hiring uh, all the time. And we have affiliates all over the country, all over the country, in New York, in California, in Louisville, in Nashville. I mean, it, the list goes on forever. And they're all going through the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. we're, Chicago's not the only major city experiencing this, this uh, the shortage of police and, and the amount of retirees. And, um, and, and, and these, these same affiliates are hiring at record patients just like we are. Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. You, know, you, you mentioned something that I've unfortunately heard a number of times. The last time I heard it um, was actually at that police foundation meeting. Uh, guests that we've had on this show before, Pro Team Tactical, um, talked about the fact that the average length of retirement for a first responder, not just police officer, but first responder, is about three years. And that depressed the ever-living crap out of me. Is that you know, here, you know, you worked, you know, 25, 30, you know, sometimes even more years, 
yeah, as as a public safety professional, whether it was police officer, firefighter, you know, EMT, whatever, and, and you live for another three, four years, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's that's unfortunately a, a real fact out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we're doing whether 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 they come work for you or stay on the job. I hope we're doing some things to help those folks, because that's that's just, you know, that's just wrong in in, in my opinion and, and shouldn't be the case as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. All right. I, I need to let you guys get back to work, but I've got one more question, actually two more questions, but they're both easy questions. Um, the best question that I could ask, because I love stories, because I'm a civilian that's never been in any of the stuff that you've been in. What's the most interesting or harrowing security detail that you've ever had at Blue Star Security? Yeah, tell our, tell our listeners a story. <laughs> Oh, the most interesting, one interesting or difficult, ever. more or less. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, the 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 world is your oyster, you know, whatever, whatever story you want to tell. We only have time for one. But how about this? The most entertaining story because this is a podcast. <laughs> well, again, I'm trying to think of a funny one for you. I gave you a damn, you know, this is what happens. You know, I give I give my guests the damn questions beforehand, and this is one of them. You know, you figure they would have prepared, but no. Well, I you know I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to pivot here and give you something funny, but, I, but you know, honestly, in our in our history, the, the the easy answer, I guess, is that the the, the craziest times we've had to deal with were during the, the in Chicago. There was the, the protests and the riots right. that went on. Uh, not too long ago, and, and kind of aren't even the aftermath is still going on. The aftershocks still go on yeah. pretty much every Saturday, where it's a temperature of over eighty degrees. So uh, that which isn't just, happening now. <laughs> yeah, well, it did last Saturday. We had yeah. one night at eighty-two, and we got the thirty some shootings and a bunch of stores busted into. But yeah, uh, but. But but that would definitely be the the, the most trying time of, of our of our history in the sense that uh, it was mass panic here. I mean, it was something that even as police officers we've never envisioned. I was I had just left the job, so you know it was the first uh, time full time here where it wasn't really what you signed up for. Like oh good, I left, and three months later we had we had calls coming in. I mean, we couldn't even keep up with them, and, and 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 trying to balance keeping current clients who are panicking. They're downtown. They're in the high-rise buildings. Mm. They need security. We have two problems now. All of our active law enforcement were canceled the day sure. off and working for the city. So there went, you know, four hundred of our bodies out the door at least, if not more. So now we're calling the retired guys. We're trying to figure out how to get how do we get these guys even down there safely? Uh, how do we how do we navigate? through this you got tons of people calling willing to pay anything for security but you're, you're you have to take care of your current clients first uh it was it was a juggling act i was i literally woke up to the calls at like about 4 30 in the morning and and was sitting at my desk 4 30 the next morning and still in my pajamas and a cup of coffee just hammering the phone trying to, to figure it out well these guys were all in the field dealing with what was going on in the city they're also getting calls from clients it was it was it was a crazy time. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, it was personally a crazy time because I had just left the job. And as any police officer would tell you, nothing's worse than not being there with your guys, right? Like the first time you know that they're ever in the shit, and you're 
not, and you can't yeah. do anything about it. So the best thing you could do is at that point, just stay on the phone and run the business. It, that was definitely the, the, the most, the most trying time. And, and, and as we know, there's things that happen around those events that have changed the scope of law enforcement sure. and security and, and forever. And, and, uh, you know, it's not the, the funny story I was trying to come up with for you, but it, it is the real story. It's the real, it's the, it's the, the real fact. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, you know, obviously I watched a lot of that as most of our country did um, on TV because it was in the midst of COVID and there were no sports. There was, you know, unless you were going to watch Netflix, uh, you were watching the news and, and uh, I saw a lot of, of my hometown uh, in on CNN, Fox, you know, all those places, all those channels and you know it it was it was really depressing to me um to see my city be in that situation um i don't know if it was worse you know seeing where i live and watching the small businesses get looted you know four miles away from my house or watching uh watching my hometown go through this but uh but yeah it really has changed things and i will tell you this may or may not uh end up on the uh, the show but but uh yeah i remember you know because of covid that i spent about two years away from chicago which is unusual usually i go back at least two to four times a year and I hadn't been there in a while, and I went back, I want to say about a year after the, the George Floyd protests, and it just, it, it walking around, you know, downtown, around DePaul, where I went to school, and it just, it just felt different, you know, I, I couldn't even, like, put, like, my finger on exactly what is different and say, hey, you know, this is why it's different, it just had a completely different feel. You know, I, I remember, you know, walking around on Michigan Avenue at three in the morning sometimes and, and never felt uneasy about it. But it just, I, I, I didn't want to say that I was fearful, but it just felt different, almost like an eerie feeling walking, you know, down Wabash at like 8.30 at night. Yeah, you, you never, in, in the city, I, I, it's funny you say, I went, to, I graduated from DePaul as well. Like lived in Lincoln Park. You seem like a smart guy. That's cool. You know, yeah. you know, you know, one, one, one of every three, right? You gotta, yeah. Uh, so, no, but in all seriousness, you hit it on the head. It, it, it's hard to put your finger on it. The best way I could put it is you, Chicago and Lincoln Park and Michigan Avenue used to, used to, it used to be a bubble. You could walk around and you just felt like you were in this bubble. Mm -hmm. uh, you weren't naive that there was crime, but it was, sure. it was a safety bubble. And it, that bubble is bursting. Mm -hmm. There is nowhere you can go now. You know, uh, I met my wife in college. She used to put the headphones in and go run by the lake. Those days are done. Like, yeah. it's sad to say, but those days are done. And hopefully they come back. But, the, you know, we're at a point now you can't even go pump gas at a gas station where if your head's not on a swivel because of all the carjacking yeah. and whatnot. So it, it, the, the bubble, it was, the, it was a safety bubble. You know, like yeah. you said, you didn't walk around feeling like, oh, I'm going to get but you never felt anything. And when you probably were living, you know, we're down in Lincoln Park before walking around, it could have been whatever time of the night and you might've been stumbling with one eye open and you still <laughs> made it home and you were safe. But yeah. the bottom line was those, you can't do that. You can't, yeah. you can't you wander off by yourself. You can't be a female walking or taking a run by yourself. And, and that's a sad, sad thing for, for such an amazing city. 
Yeah, for for what it's for what it's worth, um, you know, here in Los Angeles County, you know, we we deal with some of the same things. In fact, you know, my my wife is forbidden from ever, 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 ever getting gas for either one of our cars. Um, I go, you know, this is I probably shouldn't say this on a recording. I go, I don't have a firearm, but I have a weapon at my at my side just in case. Uh, and we live in a pretty good neighborhood, but yeah, for some reason, you know, some very, very interesting people that don't seem to be um, on the up and up like to hang out at gas stations. Um, so that's unfortunate. But to to kind of wrap this up and end on a uh, much lighter note, and you know, definitely one of the most important questions that I'll, I'll ask you in this episode when you were talking about um, earlier that you were on the phone in your pajamas, what kind of pajamas were they? Did they have hearts <laughs> on them? The, you know, roses, you know, you know freaking tulips, you know, well, what, what, did, what did they look like, man? Were they manly or, or were you feeling, you know, kind of pretty that day? Uh, no, some nice shorts on the. I'm, I'm hoping I get a nice T-shirt from for being on the show, and then I'll be in my new pajamas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll see what we'll we'll see what we could do. But so, last question for all those folks out there that are listening, that uh, that may be looking for a security company, that may be looking for a a new opportunity. Uh, how best can they find blue blue star security out there? Um, so Blue Star, you can go to bluestarsecurityltd.com. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have LinkedIn. Uh, we, we consistently post in the FOP magazine. We post to the districts. We have guys contacting the suburban department, state police, Cook County sheriffs. So anybody who's interested, uh, you can go on our website. There's a, a new applicant uh, uh, field. You, you put in pertinent information and somebody usually call you within 24 hours. We do our hiring Monday through Thursday every week. And like I said, we're, we're, we're hiring at, at an extremely high rate. Uh, as of late, uh, a lot of retirees in the last few months have, have came in looking for some work. And, you know, Ken, um, I just wanted to mention one more thing that sure, please. three of us are, are involved with, and it's something very uh, true to our hearts. We're involved with an organization called Bank the Blue, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a non-for-profit organization, and I know you have a lot of law enforcement, um, you know, active and retired law enforcement listening into this show, and I just want to, uh, you know, put this out there. If any of them are going through a difficult time in their lives, as a lot of us are, or they're overwhelmed, or they're stressed, uh, you know, unfortunately, suicide in law enforcement is at all-time high right now, and uh, this is an organization, Bank the Blue, where we provide... Uh, 24-hour mental health treatment. We partnered with another organization called Copline, where they can pick up the phone and they can get immediate attention instead of waiting or trying to go through their captive police department, where, you know, quite frankly, a lot of them are understaffed when it comes to mental health treatment. Um, so this is just another avenue. You can go to bankthebluecom or copline.com and just get some help. Uh, we, we, we have 24-7 uh, people, call takers, all of which are former law enforcement from all around the country that are willing to help you out and get through a difficult time. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and we do, we'll, I'll definitely leave that in. 
this show and remind people that whether it is Bank the Blue, Copline, uh, one of our partners, Serve and Protect, um, I really don't care which, you know, if there's a fourth that we haven't even mentioned, you know, if you're having a rough time, you know, however that is, you know, reach out to somebody um, as a, a good friend of mine and and uh, um, former guest of the show, if I remember it correctly, Sean Douglas, who wasn't a police officer, but uh, was an active Air Force uh, and is a suicide provider, as, as he always says, you know, reach out to somebody, um, you know, even as he was with a loaded firearm and a bottle of Jack Daniels, he made a different choice and reached out to somebody and he's doing some amazing things out there, not only entrepreneurially, but for his family. So uh, definitely uh, reach out to any of those folks, whether it's a friend or one of those, those resources, um, definitely do that. Um, and uh, as these gentlemen said, you know, reach out if you need a job, reach out to them on Friday only and find them on TikTok. <laughs> you, you guys are on TikTok, right? You're making like cat no. videos, you know, or dog videos. You got the dog back there. That's it. <laughs> but but gentlemen i had a lot of fun with you today uh i learned a lot um and could definitely have spent another hour with you but maybe that's a, a different show that has a, a more comedic tone to it uh but i really appreciate your time and loved every minute of you guys yeah thanks so much for being on the show thank you and thank you to all of you who have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great group of guests. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.